episode of 30 Minutes with DailyStraits.com. Today we have a very special guest with us, Miles Bertrand, who is the Managing Director of Mambu Asia Pacific. Launched in Berlin in 2011, Mambu is a global fintech and market-leading software-as-a-service cloud banking platform with offices in Sydney and Singapore. The company basically provides the engine for banks to build digital finance products on, whether that's an entire digital bank or just a single digital product, all built in the cloud. So today we're going to talk to Miles about the company's activities in Malaysia and Singapore. Hi Miles, thanks for joining us today. I've been told that you're actually in a uh, hotel quarantine somewhere in Sydney, is that right? Yeah, I am June. Thank, thanks for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, I've, uh, I've started my 14-day uh, um, exodus and my, my luxury prison cell is probably the good way to describe it, but happy to be be here today because it helps keep me busy and uh, keep me focused so it's good to be here got it awesome so let's dive right into the question so the first one let's start with the basics what is open banking i think open banking it's it's actually been around the concept has been around for quite a while and it's well adopted in in other markets such as europe but we're really seeing a trend towards open banking in markets like australia and through asia as well i think the key concept around open banking is giving customers choice and the ability to move move between banks or actually take up products and services with multiple institutions, but ensuring that they have the single view, the data is shared. So it's really about, um, again, increasing that customer experience, about giving them choice and options. And I think as we move more towards the digital age and a lot of organisations and then consumers' expectations, open banking is really allowing shared data to, to one provide surety around things like fraud and um, um, anti-money laundering for example but also gives customers that flexibility of choice so you've seen it be really successful with a lot of the new digital banks and now we're seeing a lot of the tier ones and the larger banks embrace it as well as customers expectations on banking is just changing the speed they want to work how they want to interact with their bank and move to the sort of true digital experience Awesome. So um, I just wanted to ask you, what are some of the work that Mambo has been doing in Malaysia and Singapore? Maybe we could just start with Malaysia and then follow up with Singapore. Yeah. I mean, so, so Mambo, um, you know, we're, we're 10 years old um, and we've sort of been in this space for a long time. Mambo is fundamentally an enabler of open banking, as an example. So we've been doing a lot of, and we were founded on um, the, really the principles of making banking better. Our founders came together because they really wanted to make financial services and banking technology more accessible, allow it to come at a more a lower cost to serve. So we could really drive things like financial inclusion, financial literacy. So that's a theme that we've had globally and we've got a lot of customers in Africa, um, through the Middle East uh, in Europe. But now in, in Asia, we've been working really in a lot of markets, Malaysia and Singapore have been some of them, but also Indonesia, uh, Thailand, the Philippines, that really about bringing a different view to how banking technology can then serve those parts of the market. We also look very much around Sharia banking. There's a very, very big Islamic and Muslim population through Asia Pacific as well. So we've spent a lot of focus on those markets. And more recently, um, in Malaysia, we've been very working very closely. We recently announced our partnership with Bank Islam. Where they're actually looking, they're a sort of a well-established, well-respected organisation that's looking to do something a bit different and really drive a 
digital model to work with with the broader population in Malaysia. And Mambu has partnered with them to be the enabler of that. So allowing them to launch something new, something which they can do much faster, a lot more flexibly to really support not just their existing customer base, but also, as I mentioned, how can they help serve the underbanked, drive financial inclusion and really change the, I guess, the face of banking in, in the Malaysian market in particular. And that is a trend that we're seeing right across the region. We're seeing a lot of activity with digital banks in both the Philippines, um, the recent digital bank announcements in Singapore. Um, we've got them coming in Malaysia. They're going to be announced sort of Q1 next year. We're also seeing those trends in Vietnam and other markets as well. So it's a really exciting time for us because we really, as a next generation cloud banking, we're really seeing both new banks and old banks really want to move to that next generation of technology to allow them to provide a better customer experience and, and serve their customers better. Awesome. So um, what about Singapore? I mean, Singapore's a very mature market, so we've been um, working with a number of the non-banks here as well. I think Singapore has been really at the forefront. They announced their digital licenses um, um, about a couple, few, three, three months or so ago. And they really, again, looked at bringing new entrants into the space as well. So you see the announcement where organisations like Grab, for example, really want to move beyond just transportation and food delivery. They're looking to offer financial services into the market and really drive that change as well. So you're seeing a real trend of not just banks and also organisations wanting to become banks. You're seeing a lot of organisations like a Grab a lot of telecommunications companies we're seeing across the region that have you know trusted loyal customers they really see the value of now offering financial services to those customers as well so we see that as a real trend across the region as well so when you mean financial services do you mean loans or actually day-to-day -day banking it's a combination of both two and it's quite interesting you know we've got a example of some customers we have a customer in the philippines um, which is actually a very big telecommunications company where they have a very well-established customer base. They um, look after their mobile phone, but they said, well, I actually understand this customer really well. I'm actually quite prepared to offer them a microloan. I'm quite happy to offer them a sort of a $500 or an $800 loan to whether it be to buy an iPhone or whether it could be buy, buy a piece of equipment, and then they can pay that back through um, almost like paying off back their mobile phone bill. So we're seeing both microloans and lending. We're also seeing the real trend. I think I saw a stat yesterday that almost 70% of the population in it, and so the main countries through Asia, have all used a digital wallet of some description over the past sort of 12 months. So you're seeing the real rise of people, not just using your typical debit card or visa card from a bank, but they're having actually stored value. They're having digital wallets that they can use. Grab Pay, for example, is another really good example of that. So we're seeing really a diversification. They don't necessarily want to become full-blown banks, but they can see some value that they can offer from a financial services because they provide a great capability. They have loyal customers that like to work with those customers and provide other capabilities as well. Awesome. So um, if, is this right to say like if I team up with someone and I come to Mambu and say, look, I want to probably uh, offer digital services in my business. So you would build the back end for us. Like how do you 
um, determine which customers to work with? Do you have like a set of guidelines that you need to check and balance before you start working with them? Yeah, we, do, we do obviously go through a qualification process every time we talk to a customer, but it's very much understanding. I think one of the real strengths of Mambu is that, you know, we have a very incredibly diverse customer base as it is right now. So we have sort of very small microfinance businesses in Myanmar, all the way up to tier one banks in Europe and in North America, and all using the same Mambu platform. So we have a very scalable capability and a very flexible capability to support a number of different use cases. The, the thing that makes Mambu a little bit different is that we're not a end-to-end -end system as such. So we tend to work very collaboratively with the customer who may want to have developed their own banking app or they want to, and, or may have wanted to create their own super app. So yes, we're the back end where they will create product, whether it be a loan, a wallet, um, a deposit, all the various types that I talked about before, but then we plug and play with them and work. I guess where we're a little bit different is because we're all driven by configuration as opposed to lots of heavy customization and engineering, it allows our customers to do things very, very quickly. So we have a lot of customers that start with one use case, but then very quickly, they're actually launching other new products to their customer base because they have the ability to, to do that. But for us, the, the key thing is making sure we have a really strong cultural alignment with the organisation. We really want to collaborate with them and really help make sure we're aligned with what their strategic roadmap is and what they're trying to do. And in some cases, we're not the right fit, um, I guess, because of our model and how we work. And, and we try to be really open and, and, and have really good discussions with the clients about that. Awesome. So can you tell me, like... Um like, um, are these open bank banking systems susceptible to um, DOS attacks, like any kind of like, you know, kind of attacks? Like, and also when you work with these companies, do you provide tech support like forever or is it a one -off? Yeah, look, I mean, all, all software is open to some sort of attack, whether it's on-prem or whether it's in the cloud, you know, people are always trying to break those sort of systems and break them down. I think the, the one of the great things about cloud technology is that it's becoming utilized with so many organizations that the learnings and the intellectual property and the robustness of those platforms now is incredibly mature. Um, you know, and, and so I think working very closely with our, our partners, our cloud providers such as AWS, um, is that we really make sure that we're meeting that the best the best in class and best practice. And being a SaaS solution means we take a lot of that responsibility for our clients. So we're managing the infrastructure, we're managing the application, we're taking care of the security on their behalf. So they can actually focus on being a bank or being a being a, a microservice business or being a telecommunicator. We, you know, that's part of the value proposition that we bring to the table is really learning um, how we support them. And, and and that's part of our part of a SaaS solution that we are, as your to your question, we're always supporting them. We're always there. So our philosophy is the customer becomes self-empowered to take control of using the platform day-to-day, -day, but sitting behind that, we're always providing the oversight around security, scalability, robustness, making sure you know the lights stay on, you know, really, mm. really keeping the application up and running and, and performing at the highest levels possible. 
Awesome. So let's dive into Islamic finance and your work with Bank Islam because um, you're gonna uh, we're gonna post an article that you wrote for us and uh, mm-hmm. on top of that, so I've uh, read the article. It's very interesting. So you said something about seventy one percent of the Muslim population do not have a bank account, which is very very interesting. And uh, how do you think Mambu can help um, transform Bank Islam and make it more accessible to mm-hmm. everyone? I, th- I think. There's a couple of drivers here to this tune. I think it's the expectation of customers, because if you think of actually the ability to of customers access, there's a high propensity for mobile phone usage. Lots of people have access to the internet. People are digitally connected. For a lot of banking, well-established banking organisations, though, the cost to serve to actually provide a capability through, through those channels May, may have been held up by historically their, their technology platforms and their systems and their ability to do that. I think what Bank Islam has done is very exciting. We've actually worked with them for over 18 months to get to this point. It was really about making sure they understood about what does that journey need to look like? How do they need to think a little bit differently about how they want to support the broader population? So I think of very much that cultural alignment that they understood that they actually needed to think differently if they were to support that part of part of the population, and I think knowing that, then understanding their client, understanding the the, the requirements, because Sharia banking is a little bit unique. It's just not your standard out of the box banking. There are obviously the 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 requirements that, and then the way we need to put that together. That we really relied on Bank Islam to work with us to also help educate us. Um, but it's not something we're doing in isolation. We're actually working with a number of partners in the Middle East. Um, we've recently signed uh, two clients in Indonesia who are both um, Sharia banks as well. So it's something that we've actually invested quite a lot of time to really understand the market and understand how it is different and ensure that we can provide our capability in a way which allows them to meet what they want to, want to do in the market. And I think what we've seen is there's a real trend across the region around Sharia banking. Um, recently in Indonesia, the government's come out and saying they want to set up a Sharia superbank or a mega bank to really again support the population in Indonesia as well. We're seeing a lot of digitization through the Middle East with a lot of our clients over there at the moment. So it's definitely a global trend that um, Sharia banking now really wants to step up and sort of align with a lot of the best practices that you see with sort of some of the digital banks that have been up and running in the world for a period of time, which I think is incredibly exciting, mm-hmm. um, particularly for Asia Pacific because it's such a, a big part of this region that um, for us it's it's it's, a, it's something that we're quite passionate about as well. We really want to work and really align um, with the clients to support that. Awesome. So. When we were speaking earlier just now before the recording started about what an open banking looks like. So it's a bank that doesn't have any office space, right? Basically, it's all in the cloud. And then um, if you have a problem, you speak to someone on the phone. So there's a high level of trust. So are Asians open for this kind of banking, do you think? Hmm. I, I, I think um, Asia is a risk-averse region, you know. So they, they sometimes they're the first to adopt some things and other times they're a fast follower. I think the, the, the exciting thing is that there's a lot of really well-proven models around the world right now which show that it really works. Um, I think ING is a really good example with their model down in Australia. If you look at the likes in Europe of N26, Monzo, um, Oak North, they've moved away from the physical touch point 
but you can still provide an incredibly high level of service and support through a digital touch point, whether it be over the phone, whether it be through web chat or whether it be through the app. So I think the fundamentals are there. I think the other really encouraging thing, as I mentioned before, is that, um, you know, the digital interactions that, you know, people are very comfortable to do things on their device now. Mm. I mean, personally, I can't remember the last time I went to a physical bank branch, <laughs> yet I can do everything I can over my phone. I think the the customers now have got a lot more comfortable that that expectation, and, and rightly or wrongly, COVID has really driven that behaviour as well, because, you know, a lot of countries were sort of, they wanted to move away from cash almost overnight, and they wanted the people to actually start using QR codes and digital engagements. So you've actually seen some other trends in the market which are really driving their behaviour. Open banking, really, I would say digital banking is a better way to describe it than open banking. Open banking is, I guess, a, a protocol that organisations sign up to to share data and share interaction. But I would say the drive of the digital interaction is really the, the digital banking. And I think what's really interesting is that you've had lots of new organisations coming into the space leading with digital, but now you're really seeing a lot of the well-established mature banks really drive digital as well. So, you know, they, they know they have to maintain some sort of physical footprint, mm -hmm. but they really are pushing and investing really heavily in digital technology. Awesome. So what are some of Mambo's plans um, to expand in, in Asia-Pacific? Because are you like very um, heavily invested in Malaysia and Singapore or do you have work elsewhere? Um, so we, we, we actually have about 30 clients across nine countries in Asia-Pacific right now. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately for me, uh, we've, we've grown the team to about 50 people over the past sort of two and a half years, and we, we, we expect to almost double the number of people on the ground in Asia-Pacific in the next 12 to 18 months. Um, so we're very, very committed to Asia-Pacific as a region. We have been doing it sort of very centrally sort of through Singapore and Sydney as two hubs. Mm -hmm. But more recently, we've just appointed um, a general manager in Vietnam and he's on the ground. We're appointing a general manager in Indonesia who's on the ground. We are in the, the throes of appointing a general manager for Malaysia who will be on the ground. So we are actually now moving out to a, a sort of geographical expanse of our people to make sure we have more people on the ground in the markets that we're really passionate about and we really believe are going to be successful in the, sort of the next 12 to 24 months. Um, Mambu is a, as an organisation globally, you know, we're growing very quickly. Um, we have about 500 of us in the business right now globally. We expect to grow to almost 1,000 people this year. So we really are investing um, both regionally and globally to support, um, one, the growth of our business, but two, the expectations of our customers on how we support them and how we serve them. Awesome. So what about uh, the progress in Singapore and Malaysia in terms of digital banking revolution? Where do they stand in relation to other countries, especially the global print? Yeah, I, th I think they're catching up very, very quickly. I mean, Singapore is very lucky. I mean, you have uh, some, some very large banks there. DBS is one, which has been well known as a very one of the, one of the best digital banks in the world. So they have actually invested very heavily. So you've seen a lot of the larger and established banks, particularly in Singapore, but then you've got the new digital banks coming, which were endorsed by by, by uh, Maz, um, as I said, not so long ago. I think Malaysia is now on a rapid catch-up as well. So Bank, bank Islam sort of leading the charge with the established banks. 
digital licenses coming out sort of Q1 uh, 2021. So that's sort of happening as well. But I think then also um, we're starting to see, as I said, lots of activity. The Philippines is certainly, you know, in a lot of other markets, there's a lot of wallets and there's a lot of those sort of periphery digital banking capabilities, which are sort of quite common practice. But you're now really starting to see things like loan origination being digitized and a lot of other things happen as well. So I think it's really encouraging what we're seeing. I mean, even in, in markets like Australia, there's a lot of digital banks and sort of new players sort of coming into the market and trying to crack the market as well. So it's definitely something that's sort of right across the region. Whereas I think Europe was sort of one of the leaders. So they've got some well-established digital banks that have been there for a while, such as sort of N26, um, New10, um, a tandem bank, which are in sort of a number of uh, existing customers of the native business as well. Awesome. So this company has got a very interesting name, Mambu, Mamba. It's like a very party-like <laughs> name. So um, maybe uh, you said it was 500 people. So um, just a bit of br brief background. So it started in Berlin 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so as I said, it was started in Berlin 10, year, 10, uh, 10 years ago, three founders. And, and again, as I talked about the philosophy, they wanted to make banking better. Um, that, that's really the whole premise and it still continues to be one of our core values right now is that we might want to make banking better and make it more accessible and that continues to be our theme. Um, we really did start in that sort of microfinance, non-bank lending spaces, but we have certainly evolved now that we are supporting and helping both small and very large banks, banks transform and move to sort of this much more cloud, um, rapid, flexible, scalable capability. Um, so we really do continue to grow. Um, as I said, we will double this year and we continue to expect that to happen into 2020 to 2023. Um, invest very heavily in markets and, and grow our global footprint is, is really where we continue to go. And we really have a strong ecosystem approach. We work great. We have a number of global partners that we work with um, that we will bring to the table and work with our clients. So we do believe we have quite a unique value proposition. And it's sort of aligned with us. It's, the, it's, it's, it's meeting our collaboratively, our customers' expectations. We have quite a flexible business model on how we work and operate. Hence, we have such an incredibly diverse customer base already. Um, we have about 300 deployments in 64 countries. So we have a very good global footprint, a very good understanding on what's happening and what the trends are, and um, believe, look forward to what's going to be happening in the next few years. Awesome. So your employees are mainly what software engineers, because they, I guess, a lot of backend. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's an it's an interesting mix. So about probably about fifty percent of our team are, are engineers. Um, so working very much on the underlying platform, and then in the regional areas, it's everything we can do to support the customer lifecycle. So we develop centrally at our sort of two development hubs, but here within region, the team is every aspect of the customer touchpoint, whether it be from a marketing. Uh, delivery of the solution, ongoing technical support, um, and obviously the ancillary services that go with that. So it's a it's, a, it's quite a well-distributed model, um, and obviously we're very active, right? As in 64 countries, we're sort of active, quite active globally at the moment. So just out of curiosity, how much is it to build a digital bank? From, I mean, how oh, much? <laughs> oh, that's the, that could be the, the $1 question or the, or the $10 million question. Look, I think it's, it, it's really driven by um, the, the end customer and what they want to do. Because we see a lot, 
to different models. I mean, we see people that are just trying to solve for one particular problem, one particular use case. I want to launch a wallet or I want to tackle SME lending or I want to do buy now, pay later is, is one particular style of customer. And then you've got another, which will be, I'm an existing bank and I want to transform the company more digitized. Or even those guys may want to launch a digital bank to the, off to the side of their main brand. So it really is driven by a number of factors. And it's you can't really put a dollar figure on it because it really comes down to, am I starting with net new technology? Am I integrating into existing? Do I want to build it all myself? Um, and we see multiple different versions of that. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to just throw a number out there, June, but I think it's driven by a lot a lot more. It would be irresponsible of me to do so. No worries. So this is a privately held company, right, at the moment? Yes, it is. So yeah, any, I think I... We, we, we have aspirations as to, you know, um, that, that eventually we would like to be a successful public organisation as well. Mm. And But um, no, no definitive plans at the moment, but we certainly are, I guess, on that trajectory. But what we're really focused on right now is continuing to come back to those core values mm-hmm. about be a catalyst for change, really be a contributor to the digital banking wave that is going through both the world. And that's both with new players and with established banks as well. How do we support that? I think eventually we'll get to that point where our, our, our shareholders and our, our owners and our founders will sort of say, you know, it is this time for us to become a public organisation, but no clearly defined plans at this stage. Awesome. All right. With that, we'd like to thank you so much, Miles, for your time today. And we hope you really enjoy your two weeks stay in the cor- in quarantine. And um, yeah, and we'll keep in touch. <laughs> great. Thanks, June. Great, great, great chat. Thank you. Thanks. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.